or Nothing, a radio quiz show, was heard on the Mutual Radio Network. And what's really not too original in some of today's show, each time contestants answered questions correctly, their winnings would double. (laughs) You'd go from 20 bucks to 40 bucks, all the way up to that big payoff of $80 $80 back in 1940. If they gave an incorrect answer, they were gone. We are much nicer on Trivia Tuesday. That's all I can say. That's right. I'm George Zahn along with Mike Martini for WMKV. Thank you, George. And uh, traffic right now, we have accidents hillside at Huey with injuries. That's in Price Hill. South 75 south of Galbraith on the right shoulder. North 71 at the Norwood Lateral on the right shoulder. Downtown 5th and Main, an accident. Glenway at Karen, Queen City at Beekman, Mitchell at the ramp to South 75, and the East Kemper at Chesterdale. And delays include North 71 at Dana, North 70, or South 71 at Pfeiffer. North 75 slows up around Hopple, and again at GE, South 75, Galbraith and Mitchell, and Ezra Charles to the Brent Spence Bridge. Weather forecast tonight, clear skies, low around 50 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 75. For uh, Friday, mostly sunny with a high of 68. And then Saturday and Sunday, high temperatures in the lower 60s, lows in the mid to lower 40s. Right now we're 71 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where... This week, as every week, we're putting you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. And this week, like every last week of the month, is question and answer week, which means we came in here completely unprepared to say anything except to answer your questions. So what do you do? Well, it is your responsibility to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 with any real estate investing related question you would like to ask. Why is it your responsibility? Because if you don't do it, then nobody else learns from your question and you have let the entire real estate investing industry down if oh you don't gosh. call us at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can also send us an email by just sending it to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Joining me today in the studio to help answer all of your real estate related questions is Jim Shapiro, owner of Weybridge Property Management, past president of the Fair Housing Mediation Service, current president of the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, property manager, rehabber, wholesaler, the whole nine yards. So uh, welcome, Jim. 
And Thank you, Vina. Nice to be here, as always. Thanks for thanks for joining me to help me tap dance during this first few minutes where folks haven't taken on their responsibility. Wait, I think we got one. To call us. I wasn't going to tell anybody that because then we'd have like oh. a line of people going, oh, <laughs> Vina needs help. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or again, you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. We'll go ahead and go to the phones. Line one, Carol calling from Cincinnati. Carol, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thanks. You're very- um, I have a question about, um, I uh, live in a condominium building, very small condominium building. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, currently I'm the president of the condo association mm-hmm. and we have um uh at least one um owner who is consistently not paying on time you know can't quite get things together et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and um this person has not ever said it to me but says it to the treasurer that um if the one of the reasons why he's not paying on time is that there are some things that need to be done around the building um, that he's not going to pay his condo fee until some of those things are done. And what he says is he's going to put his money in an escrow account and pay it when he sees things getting completed. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand what in the world he's talking about. <laughs> well, um, he, 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 he may be a little confused or he may not. Uh, you, you, need to, you need to go back to, to the Homeowners Association agreement here. And are you, You're in Ohio, right? The condo's in Ohio? Correct. Okay, and, and, and also check with a real estate attorney in Ohio. Uh, if he is formerly a renter, he may be thinking about a law that exists in the state of Ohio that says if a landlord is not doing maintenance and repairs mm-hmm. that, that you know make make the property and this is important either not safe or not habitable mm-hmm. that's that's important you can't you can't escrow your rent because there's a crack in your window well right? yeah yeah okay <laughs> that, that 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 you can you can go to the court and deposit your rent and the court decides then when the repairs are done and the rent gets paid. So oh, okay. so so it's a way it's a way for tenants to uh not pay the landlord but still mm-hmm. not still not get evicted for non-payment. Now, whether or not he can do that with the HOA fee is mm-hmm. a, is a question I don't know the answer to. It okay. it is possible that he could, but I can almost promise you, Carol, that he's only going to be able to do that if there is some truly legitimate you know, it's not, it's not, right. it's not, I don't like the paint color on the porch. Well, yeah, currently it is, um, you know, there's some repairs that they actually, the, one of the problems is they've already been paid for. The person just hasn't finished the repairs. Mm-hmm. And he tells me that it's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> you're correct. It is. I don't, uh-huh. I don't disagree. And one of my responses to him was, you know, there wasn't, number one, there's not a timeline on this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't prevent anything in the building from taking place. Mm-hmm. And when this person, you know, if this person doesn't get it finished in a timely manner, you know, then that's a different issue. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to. I mean, that's that's what he keeps saying. I'm just going to put my money in an escrow account and, you know, until things get finished. Mm-hmm. OK, well, well, the other thing that I can absolutely promise you is that if he uh, is saying I'm going to put the money in escrow, but he he's just, in fact, not paying it. 
Correct. E- even if he is legally permitted to put it in escrow, uh, he's got no defense. You know what I'm saying? If he's saying, oh, okay. I'm going to put it in escrow, but the fact is he's three months behind. Right. He has no defense. He's already three months behind. Okay. He can't, he yeah. can't, go, he can't go back retroactively and say, okay, court, here's my three months worth of HOA fees that I mm. didn't pay. Yep. Right. Another, I still haven't gotten around to paying. <clears throat> another lesson yep. on this is one should never fully pay a contractor until the work's finished. Because there, there's not so much incentive for them to come finish your job when they've right. got the job they could start when tomorrow. They've already got, right. So you always yeah. want to pay pay as you go. Sometimes people need some upfront money to cover some materials and some initial labor or even draws. Mm-hmm. But to have a whole job paid for but a three-quarter job done, boy, that last quarter can be really hard to get done. <laughs> right. And I, the person, the condo owner who doesn't want to pay is also the one who was the president when all that took place. Oh, so he's the one who hired the contractor and then paid right. him all up and, front and then it wasn't finished. And, and now he's embarrassed even right. though he set all this in motion. And gave him the insurance check when, you know. So, <laughs> and so I, my, go ahead. I guess the treasurer's question and my questions were, you know, my question was, what in the heck is he talking about? Number two, is that something he can, in fact, do, mm-hmm. um, you know, in lieu of paying it to the treasurer. Okay. Uh, uh, well, okay, here's the thing. I did I did just look it up, and in Ohio you can escrow HOA fees instead of paying mm-hmm. them in certain situations. However, okay. again, how far behind is this guy right now? Well, he just this week he paid, he just paid for September. Okay. So, and his late fee was uh, over $50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you know he's it's due again Friday. Sure. So we'll see. Sure. Uh, well, here, here's the thing: if he does in fact put it in escrow, he really needs to do that before the late date, before whenever it would officially be late, and uh, then he will have to defend why this is. He, he if, mm-hmm. if you you know you, if you guys go to court over it, he's going to have to say, well, you know, my condo's freezing because the mm-hmm. furnace doesn't work or whatever, as opposed to. Oh, isn't it awful that this weed is here? Right. You know. So well, <laughs> yes, he so can he he can legally do this. Um, however, okay. you know, there's there's I, I I think we both know what's probably really going on here. Right. Um, which is yeah. he just doesn't yeah. have the money. Uh, and right. uh, <laughs> or yeah, right. yeah, for whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've always I, I I admire you, Carol, for taking on the job of president because. <laughs> I have I have always felt kind of bad for for folks who you know they become the president because basically like they don't show up at the meeting and so they get elected kind of thing, right. and and then they have to deal with what Jim was just talking about the, the the repairs and maintenance and and so many people who are on these condo boards uh, have have never really dealt with contractors and boy when you're dealt dealing with contractors on condos you're not talking about. A right. little, a little roof. You're talking about, right. you know. Yeah, you're talking about yeah, a sizable building. <laughs> exactly. And although there's not that many, you know, this is a it's a condominium that was made from like a six unit apartment building, mm-hmm. so it's not huge, mm-hmm. but still, it's more than. Yes, you're right. You know, getting yeah. your window completed or getting, you know, um, your your uh, shutters painted or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. So um, if you can, if you can, if you can do during your term as president. Because I assume the six of you are just going to pass it around every year. Why? Yes, we are. <laughs> if if you can if you can impress upon the rest of the folks 
mm-hmm. that that w- when we hire contractors, which we're going to need to do, we don't pay them until the job's done, you will have done a good thing. Well, I certainly will be happy to, <laughs> to pass that on. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for your call, mm-hmm. Carol. Appreciate it. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week, which means there's no show without your questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 292 7342. Well, we'll check on traffic right now. We have some problems. We still have an accident southbound 75 south of Galbraith that's on the right shoulder, and northbound 71 at the Norwood Lateral also on the right shoulder. Downtown, an accident 5th and Main. On the west side, accident Glenway at Karen, also one Queen City at Beekman and Hillside at Huey with uh, injuries. Mitchell, there's an accident on the ramp to southbound 75. However, all the vehicles are now out of the roadway and on the side. That's good news. East Kemper at Chesterdale, an accident and delays in the usual spots. Your forecast this evening, clear skies with a low around 50 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 75. Pretty much the same for Friday, uh, except maybe a high of 70. And then over the weekend, much cooler weather, mostly cloudy, highs only around 62 Overnight lows in the mid to lower 40s, and that's pretty much the way it's going to be Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and maybe even Wednesday. Right now, we're at 71 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Ohio Renaissance Festival on State Route 73 in Harveysburg, where you can feast like royalty, featuring the marketplace with over 135 authentic craft shops and nearly 100 entertaining stage shows each day. More information is available at renfestival.com or at 513-897-7000. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jim Shapiro, and it's question and answer week. So it's not like he's like got this whole plan thing out that we're going to be able to do for an hour. You need to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, of course, fan up Real Life Real Estate Investing at realliferealestateradio.com. You'll be joining almost 4,500 fans and 1,920 members of our site and also get all the information about the upcoming show's topics, the chance to suggest your own topics if there's something you want to hear about, uh, chances to ask questions, the whole nine yards. So go to realliferealestateradio.com and fan us up. We're going to go back to the phones, talk to Gerald on line one in Cincinnati. Gerald, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, thank you, Vina. Uh, my question is, um, if you're just really kind of getting started out and you have the means to market for your real estate business, um, what would you suggest is kind of like a baseline as far as uh, setting setting aside money to uh, put into the marketing efforts? And the real and your real estate business is what exactly? Well, first we're focusing on uh, wholesaling to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 really talking about marketing to sellers. 
That's correct. Okay. And the question is, what should the budget be, quote-unquote? Well, not only sellers, but initially uh, also buyers as well mm-hmm. for the buyers list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are two totally different you know, focuses, and you need to work on both of them because if you get a property under contract to wholesale and you don't have a buyer's list, now you're scrambling. Uh, I think the on the on the seller side, excuse me, the buyer side, you want to be finding other investors, uh, your local real estate investor association. You know, you see the bandit signs, houses for sale, or or specific houses, or call us. We've got you know. Great deals for for buyers. Uh, a lot of that can be done relatively inexpensively. Uh, okay. On the, and a lot of people will get get signs and handwrite them and and put them up in the neighborhoods they're targeting. And the same thing for buying houses. Uh, you know, there's advertising, there's Craigslist, there's uh, online resources, and then there's there's uh, what they call the bandit signs, and people put signs up all over town. You see them. Uh, we buy houses, any area, any condition. They can be nicely printed signs for a few dollars a piece. They can be blank coroplast that you handwrite. Uh, some people buy printed signs that look like they're handwritten because it makes them look like they're not quite so big a business. Uh, but you look on the bottom, often there's small print. You can see it's actually a printed sign. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of depends what your resources are and uh, what kind of budget do you think you need to, to start that, Vina? Well, you know, the, 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 the thing you have to remember about a marketing budget is that after the first round or two of marketing, it should be self-sustaining in, okay. the, in the sense that if you spend 500 bucks on bandit signs and letters, you ought to get a deal out of that. Right. And the deal okay. should pay for the next round of marketing. And the, the rule that I've always kind of tried to apply to my wholesaling business is of every after-tax wholesale profit I make, I leave 10% in the account for marketing. So, you know, if I made, if I made you know, 7000 bucks, I'm going to end up with five after-taxes. That's $500 to kind of throw into the marketing budget pool. And the thing is, what you find is the more, the more you do this, the more money you make, the more deals you do, the more marketing you do, the more deals you do, the more money you make. It's kind of a, kind of a, a cycle, right? Because right. you find yourself all of a sudden with $1,200 to do marketing with, and boy, then you can really blow it out, right? Um, right. I remember the, the very, very, very first direct mail marketing campaign I did was around 1994. And at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't really wholesaling. I was doing a lot of lease options which meant that okay. if you looked at a graph of my yearly income, some months it was $30,000, and some months it was nothing. Because, <laughs> you know, you, you, I mean, yeah, you, get the, you get the rent, right? So that's, that's a little bit of money. Uh, but then a property sells, and all of a sudden you got $30,000, and then six months goes by and nothing sells, and then two sell in a row. So you've got, you know, $45,000 sitting in the bank. Um, and I was in one of those low points in the cycle. And I thought, you know, what I need to do is I need to go buy another property. That, that, that's what's going to fix the, the lack of money here. And I sat in my living room with a pile of blank postcard stock on my lap, writing down addresses that I was finding in the tax rolls of people who lived out of town who owned properties. Okay. And 
writing a little message on the back that said, I want to buy your property and putting a stamp on them. And I probably did, I don't know, two or 300 of those over the course of like three days and just dropped them in the mail. And the the whole thing, because I was, well, because back then postcard stamps cost like 15 cents. And because I was just doing it with, I wasn't even, I couldn't even afford to go to a printer and have it printed. Right. I think the, the the entire campaign of 300 postcards probably ended up costing me well under a hundred dollars. Okay. And it made a deal. And the deal paid for the next marketing. You know, I, okay. I, I, I don't recommend, like, if you had $1,000, I wouldn't say, great, go spend that all right now. I would say roll out, okay. a, roll out a campaign that's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. See how it works. If it works real well, keep doing more of that. If it doesn't work so well, roll out a different campaign. You see what I'm saying? Don't make it make like a giant all-at-once investment in the next week in marketing okay you know try try something that you think is going to work um you don't necessarily like like if you're going to do pre-foreclosures you, you could mail a thousand of those right now if you if you went back a few weeks through the filings or a few months through the filings and you did a couple of counties you could mail out a thousand of them right now my recommendation would be mail out 250 of them to see if your postcard's going to work okay and if the first 250 don't generate any calls change the postcard do it again to another 250 you see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for the advice. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Gerald. Thank you for your call. If you would like some free real estate advice, seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two seven seven. Okay, let's start all over again. <laughs> Too many sevens. Eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. If you're outside the greater Cincinnati area, or you can send an email to askvina at gmail dot com with your questions. It is question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm I have here, a question, Vina. I'm here with Jim Shapiro, who has a question himself. Let's see. It's almost October. Isn't there a conference coming up soon? <laughs> Funny you should mention that because um, yes, we've we've mentioned that a lot lately. <laughs> Here on Real Life Real Estate, because not only is there a conference coming up, it's like the best conference ever, and folks can go to wmkvfm.org and find out all about it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because you, you, you can come to this conference for four days and get four days worth of spectacular information and see 15 different experts from all over the country on all sorts of great topics, and it's a $168 pledge to WMKV. Wow, that's a pretty good deal. It's a better Four deal. Four days of education, one hundred sixty-eight dollars. <laughs> it's actually a better deal than uh, is up on Oria's website. Oh, In really? Fact, it's twenty dollars cheaper. Yep, than it is on Oria's website. Let's see. There's also a big vendor presentation, right? A vendor a big expo. Vendor show. Yep. So got got attorneys. Vendors. Got tax experts. Got folks who will sell you houses oh, <laughs> at that oh. at that at that vendor show and insurance people you know also or so all sorts of folks that you're going to need to know if you're seriously going to be in real estate and it is in Dayton it is November 11th 12th 13th and 14th and no you don't have to come all 4 days you know if you're sitting there thinking well golly I I can't I can't take Thursday off work okay it's come Friday Saturday and Sunday it's still totally worth it and bunches of the folks that we've had here on real life real estate in the last few months are going to be there presenting. You can meet them in person. You can come hang out with me and Jim. It'll be a good time. It's wmkvfm.org. Go about halfway down the page and you'll see a link that says click here to come to the OREA conference. And I mean, how could you not feel good about doing something great for your business for four days and supporting public radio at the same time? That's that's hard to beat. 
not to mention the amount of education that's just I've been to the conference and it's uh, a chance to meet potentially a, a thousand other investors and and dozens of, of people educating teaching learning selling the vendors the it's a it's an unusual opportunity to get an awful lot of education in a short period mm-hmm it's good stuff. WMKVFM.org. I uh, just got a question from Bob in Seattle. Uh, and I think this one is going to be up your alley, Jim, because it's about trying to manage out-of-town properties. He says, I'm purchasing single-family bank-owned properties in Memphis, which pencil out to have great cash flow, especially compared with the market in Seattle. I purchased three homes already. I have a good rehab and property management company in place there. Two of the three homes have Section 8 tenants. Looking for any comments or advice for the out-of-town investor that you can offer on this subject. Wow, that's a great question. I have uh, a number of out-of-state owners I work with. Uh, some of them come in to see their property periodically, quarterly, once or twice a year. Some have never seen their property. Uh, the ones that have uh, some of the worst situations are often the ones that have never seen the property. So I would say step one is make sure you go to see what you're buying. Uh, I've had people uh, from California buy, hire contractors, all get set up by other people, and uh, they haven't always worked out well. I've got one client who spent $42,000 to buy a house, spent $60,000 to renovate it. It's not occupiable. And they're now trying to sell it for forty nine, and uh, so they're going to walk away from a fifty thousand uh, dollar deal on that. Uh, so step one is make sure you see what you're getting. Uh, step two is make sure you really understand the market. Now you're you've bought two or three in Memphis, so it sounds like you should be getting a market an understanding of the market. One of the things that I've observed in Cincinnati was there were deals that local investors passed on because they understood that... Uh, this particular block you know, This was particular different. block was different. Or, gee, how could you... you know, the, the out-of-state buyer from a state like California or from Seattle or from New York who's used to prices uh, in the hundreds of thousands for a rundown rental house... Well, you know, find they can find a rental house here for twelve thousand, or fourteen thousand, or forty thousand. And what they don't get is that if it was actually a good deal, the local investors would have probably bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's not automatically a good deal. It may be a good deal, and it may be that it needs eighty thousand dollars in work, and it's going to be worth fifty when you're done, because all fixed up in some neighborhoods, some of these houses aren't worth more than forty, fifty, sixty in this market. And if you buy it for 40 and you spend 40 on it and you're 20,000 upside down before you put your first tenant in and then it gets abused a little bit and you have a bad situation and now you put another 3 4,000 in you can find yourself 30 40,000 dollars upside down on what seemed like a no-brainer because the values here are not the same as Seattle and Los Angeles and New York mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And I and I, I think we need to to take a quick break. When when we come back, Bob, we, we, we'll continue to comment on this because both Jim and I have had fairly massive experience with in different ways with out of town owners who have just not quite gotten it. They're not. It's not that they're not smart people. It's just that they haven't quite gotten the whole picture of all the different ways in which your great rehabber and property manager can rip you off. So we'll talk about that 
when we come back. In the meantime, give us a call here at 772-9658-877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Cincinnati. OLLI offers 150 courses at several area locations for adults over 50, so you can rediscover the joy of learning. Fall classes start October 4th. Details online when you search OLLI Cincinnati or call 556-9186. Check in on traffic right now. We have an accident northbound 75 at I-74. The right center lane is blocked. Also, accident Harrison, McHenry, and Glendale Milford near Reading. Among the delays, northbound 71 slows between Dana, off and on through Pfeiffer, south 71, off and on around Pfeiffer, then down by the Lytle Tunnel. And over on 75 northbound, some backups around Ezard Charles. You're on the brakes again up near Glendale Milford, and southbound 75 between Shepherd and Mitchell and Ezard Charles to the Brent Spence Bridge. Some delays this afternoon. Clear skies tonight, low of 50 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high of 75. Then on Friday, mostly sunny, a high of 68. And then this weekend, on into next week, highs in the lower 60s, lows in the mid to lower 40s, and mostly cloudy skies. So one of those uh, dreary days coming up uh, for this weekend. Programming support on WMKV comes from Cincinnati Bell, inviting you to rethink bundles. With Cincinnati Bell, you may bundle your services together, including home phone, wireless phone, and Zoomtown high-speed internet with no contract. Some restrictions apply. Details are available online at PricedForLife.com. That's Priced, the number four, Life.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today here on Question and Answer Week is Jim Shapiro. I keep saying my guest on Question and Answer Week because I don't want you to think that like Jim came in here with all this stuff we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about what you want to talk about. But listeners, you have to call us at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can do as Bob from Seattle did. And send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. We do ask if you do that, that you do tell us from where you are writing, because sometimes that makes a difference. Now, for those of you who are just joining us, Bob's situation is lives in Seattle, buying properties in Memphis that are bank-owned properties that need rehab with the intention of renovating them, renting them, and sitting and collecting the cash flow. Why? Because like a lot of folks on the West Coast, he looked across the Mississippi River and said, wow, stuff's really cheap over there. That's kind of incredible. Uh, Memphis is one of the hot zones for uh, folks who are bringing in out-of-town buyers to buy properties, as is Detroit, as is, gosh, there's there's a, there's a lot, Savannah, Georgia is another one that I hear a lot about. And uh, there there is nothing in principle wrong with the theory about owning a property three quarters of the way across the country. The reality of it is, though, that 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 Jim and I finally constant, uh, fi- constantly find ourselves untangling from different perspectives. Jim, as someone who's trying to step in after a bad property manager and get the property actually into order and then rented and then managed and so on, and me really more so as a buyer. I mean, I get I get calls constantly from the coast from people saying I just I need to get rid of this property. It's just become too much trouble. It's just blah blah blah. 
Um, and I'm and I'm going to give it away. I mean, we 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 just we just bought a property from somebody in a situation for two thousand wow. dollars that he paid almost twenty thousand for two years ago, and just couldn't 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 get the team together on the ground to do it. I had another client. She land contracted a property. I think she put around thirty in, and she eventually sold it for four. Three or four years later, after a lot of headaches, uh, and it was a wreck. It, it needed massive amounts of work. It was a huge old house in a crummy area, and there was no way it, it was worth what she had already put in it without her starting to spend thousands to renovate it. Uh, she had a squatter living in it for years. He took care of it, <laughs> and uh, he ran an electric cord for the house next door, and that's that was the status for a long time, and she lost a ton of money. Uh, my client, the one I'm working with, let's see, I'll tell you the things they did wrong. Uh, they hired one company who made a mess and then bailed. Uh, then they hired someone else who cleaned up the first mess and put in a tenant who in six months trashed the house and bailed. Now they got the house back and they hired the third contractor uh, and they started uh, running new electric. Uh, they never pulled the permits. They got the electric about 80% done. It failed at inspection, and the electrician wanted more money. He'd already been paid, so now he wanted more money to since finish did, the job. Since I did it wrong, you got to pay me more. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he bailed. Then the contractor they hired had some health issues, and they got tired of dealing with him. And then they contacted me, and we've been going around, and we've got it on the market. They just want to get out of it. The roof was half done. The new furnace and air conditioner were installed, again, without permits, and the air conditioner was actually installed in the neighbor's yard. So when the neighbor called the, the municipality to complain that his neighbor's air conditioner was on his lawn, uh, we had to remove the air conditioner, so it's now sitting in the living room. <laughs> okay, Copper- so, so didn't, didn't, uh, didn't, didn't supervise the contractors. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, and, and they went over and over. Now, one of, these, one of these couple doesn't like to fly, so they never came to see it. And I guess it comes back to doing your due diligence, understanding the market you're going to work in, and, and I really understand the market. Uh, I'm a realtor and an investor, and I recommend finding someone who is both. Contact the local real estate investor association. Uh, find an agent who understands the investment business, not an agent who just knows how to sell houses. And even if you pay them as a, as a consultant, Maybe they're not going to get a, a commission to buy a house with you, but pay them $300 for a few hours of their time and understand the market. Have them do comps on the property. Have them go look at it. Have them uh, check out some things so you understand what you're getting into. I sold another 27 unit a couple of years ago to an out-of-state buyer, and it's now been leveled. Uh, it needed more work than it was ever going to be worth, and now it's a vacant lot. And when you say you sold it to him, you meant you were I was the realtor the, I was the realtor. situation, not, the, that, the, not that you ripped off some uh, out-of-state owner. <laughs> I was the realtor working with a guy who had put over 500000 or 400000 his entire retirement, into these two buildings that were 27 total units. And he never did the work well. And he sold it for one twenty-five and went bankrupt. And then uh, the buyer realized they were in a bad way, and they just tore it down, and now they've got a vacant lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in a not great area, I might add. Um, the, uh, the 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 main thing that I would say, Bob, and to anyone else who is considering an out of area purchase, is it's not just important 
to have a good team on the ground and trust them, it's important to have independent confirmation about what each member of that team is doing. And, and frankly, I would never hire someone who was the wholesaler and the rehabber and the property manager because the big money he's going to make is going to come from wholesaling the property. And what I keep hearing over and over from these out-of-town buyers who are selling their properties for nothing is there was this guy who sold it to me and he was going to rehab it and he was going to manage it, but he evaporated after he sold it to me because, you know, he was moving on to the next deal where he was going to make $10,000 instead of taking the, you know, couple of hundred bucks he might make general contracting the rehab. Uh, you have it set up, Bob, according to your subsequent email, that the wholesaler is supervising the rehab and the property manager is somebody different. Great. Have them watch each other because the horror stories I hear. Um, I, I bought a house in Cincinnati. I hired a rehabber to do the job. He, The way I was supervising that he'd done the job was he was sending me pictures as the work was completed. I paid him $25,000, and then I found out that he was sending me the pictures of another house. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stories. I, and nothing was done to my house, and I'm out $25,000, and of course I can't find the guy now. Uh, you, you just, you know, trust but verify is all I'm saying. And Jim's suggestion about getting a completely different person to, you know, Go in and make sure the rehabbers are just, just peek in and are the rehabbers rehabbing or aren't they? And is the property manager telling you the truth that two of the of the four units in the four family are vacant? Because that's another thing I keep running across is people call me and they say, I've got a three family and two units are vacant and I want to sell it. And I go and look at it and there's no vacant units. The property yeah. manager's collecting rent from all three and telling the landlord that he's got one tenant. That, that is the oldest scam in property management. Uh, it happens at every level. And uh, often it's a real shock to the out-of-state owner who comes and finds out that, in fact, I don't have as many vacancies as I'm told. <laughs> uh, now, I'll tell you, when I got into property management, I was told it's often described as a license to steal. <laughs> and so it's really up to the owners to you know, have the checks and balances in place that they know they're getting, getting quality service and, and fair prices. Yeah, and just just keep an eye on it. Another big scam bought a property from a guy who lives out on the east coast and when i went to inspect it I, I took pictures and i sent them to him and i said i am really shocked that the the floor in this bathroom is in the shape it's in because this woman's literally is she gonna fall through it this is it's cracked it's soft it's i was scared to walk into the bathroom and he said my property manager charged me five thousand dollars to fix that thing six months ago i thought it was fixed i paid the money and, and I sent him pictures. I was like, okay, this didn't get fixed. You know, yeah. So, so Bob, just just be careful. I mean, there's there's lot, there's lots of people who have great experiences with their out-of-town properties, and they make a lot of money. But there's also a lot of people. And, of course, the ones I talk to are not those people. <laughs> those are the people who are unhappy. So, uh, yeah, good luck with that, Bob. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. It's question and answer week on Real Life Real Estate. You can give us a call at 772 9658 Eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from the City of Wyoming this weekend, featuring their Fall Festival and Fun Run and Walk on Saturday, October 2nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Fall Festival will be held on Wyoming Avenue, and WMKV will have a booth there, so we hope you'll stop out and say hello. The Fall Festival features food, live music, and more. The Fun Run and Walk registration begins at 8 a.m., and the race begins at Hilltop Park at 9. More details at 821-5423. Checking on traffic right now. We have an accident on uh, Fort Washington Way. It's just outside the Lytle Tunnel, westbound side. 
It's the right center lane and right about where the Vine Street overpass passes over. So that's not a good spot. Westbound Fort Washington Way at the Vine Street overpass, the right center lane is blocked. Uh, the earlier accident, North 75 at 74, that's over on the shoulder now. That's good news. Watch out for a disabled tractor trailer. Southbound 75, south of the Norwood Lateral. It's partially blocking the right lane. Among the delays, the usual spots, but perhaps a little uh, unusual this, uh, this evening, uh, back up on eastbound 275 between Montgomery and Ward's Corner. Your forecast tonight, clear skies, a low around 50. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 75. Highs in the upper 60s on Friday with sunny skies, and then cloudy on Saturday and Sunday and much cooler. Highs around 62, lows around 45 degrees. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. It's question and answer week. We got, we got about, uh, I don't know, 10 more minutes left in the program. And uh, we need you to call and ask your question in front of billions and billions of Real Life Real Estate listeners so that your question can educate each and every one of them. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Question from Eric. I'm going to get a bunch of marketing questions today. Um, in order to generate deals for our IRAs, what do you think about advertising in the penny saver or local newspaper with a classified ad in order to attract motivated sellers? The ad I was thinking of using was sell your house fast, quick sale, fair price. Five, 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 five. My question is not whether this is a good ad, but whether it is a good idea. Well, I don't know why I read it then. Uh, whether it was a good idea to put a classified ad in the penny saver or newspaper in the real estate section. I gotta tell you, Eric, newspaper readership is just not there anymore. <laughs> yes, it's it's as Mike is wildly gesturing, circling the drain. Uh, in fact, we completely stopped running ads for rental properties in the classified sections of the newspaper because it was, as the readership went down, the prices went up. And right. the response just went down and down and down and down and down. And, um, you know, penny savers are, are different. They tend to be very cheap ads. However, the people that I have known over the years who have tried to run the ads in, in either like the penny saver or that, that, that local weekly that you don't pay for, it just shows up on your door, have had abysmal results, like like one phone call in a year type of results. And heck, if it costs you $5 a year to run the ad, it's it's probably worth it. But the thing that has really largely replaced the newspapers in terms of where do people go to rent, buy, sell, et cetera, is Craigslist. And of course, everybody goes there because it's free. <laughs> right. And, and actually, Craigslist did not work very well here in Cincinnati. I, we had tried it and completely given up on it like two years ago. A little longer than that. But then something happened and, and boom, it started to become a... Uh, our, you know, one of our major, probably our primary source now, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it is for lots of people and lots of businesses. The uh, now one thing you could do, go look in that penny saver and see if anyone else is running an ad, and call them up and do a little market survey. How's it, what kind of results are you getting? Is it worth your while? Or you could try it for a little while and see what kind of response you get because they aren't that expensive. Often those are much cheaper than the local, uh, you know, 
daily newspaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Cincinnati, there's 23 of them in different neighborhoods all around town. They're all owned by, actually, I think they're owned by the same company that owns the big local paper. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all a Gannett, but it's a lot less expensive. So it, it may be worth trying mm-hmm. uh, and see what happens when, and you know, go from there. And Eric, since you didn't ask me whether this was a good ad, I will not tell you that it is not and that part of your lack of response is probably going to be because of the wording of your ad, and there would probably be better ways to say it and get attention, but you didn't ask. So I'm not (laughs) going to answer. Okay, uh, another marketing question. Oh, this one is from Larry in Baltimore. I'm going to be in Baltimore next week. I want to better target my probate marketing. How can I make sure that I am only sending to the executors of estates that actually have properties? I can only tell if it is a small estate or a regular estate from the online records or newspaper listings. Small estates will not have property, and not all regular estates will either. How do you do it? Well, um, Larry, the thing is, our public record is different than your public record. And in our public records in the probate department, it does say specifically how much of the estate is personal property, like stocks and bonds and furniture and cash and stuff like that, and how much of it is real estate. So it's really easy for us to tell. And frankly, I I can name five ways for you to find out, to to go through a state by state and say, all right, does this one, does this guy own property? Does this guy own property? Does this guy own property? But they would take you so much time that it's probably worth the 40 cent stamp just to accidentally send to people who don't have properties. I mean, honestly, I would I would rather I would rather waste forty dollars worth of postage than spend a hundred hours researching this stuff before I sent out letter number one. Now, there's of course one other alternative, depending on if you have uh, a system that allows you to cross match names with property ownership, and that is and it would have to be online, and that is to get a virtual assistant. And if you want to know about that, you can go. Back in the iTunes podcasts from Real Life Real Estate Investing, and we have a whole show about that that happened back in the spring. So, uh, okay, so it's question and answer week. We have like five more minutes, and we have like zero more questions. Let me check the inbox one more time and encourage you to take up the mantle of being our last question of the day. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two five eight or askvina at gmail dot com. Any of those will work just fine. While we're waiting for you to ask your question, um, I'm also going to mention that the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati's first meeting in the month of October, which is not tomorrow, it is in fact a week from tomorrow, is going to be an awesome lender panel lender l-e-n-d-e-r like people who give money to real estate investors i found five i found five people who actually give money to real estate investors wow i know i need to go that (laughs) yeah it's a got a fannie mae lender we got a portfolio lender we got a transactional funder a hard money lender and a commercial guy sounds great yeah everybody in the cincinnati area come on down it's more information at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A.com. Okay, question from Chris in Nashville. Um, I have a duplex that I have under contract. I'm thinking about wholesaling it. I have it under contract for 50000 It's a short sale. 
The comps say it's worth eighty nine. Each side rents for fifty for five fifty, and neither side needs any repairs. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. How can I figure out how much I should ask to wholesale this? Is it a percentage or a flat amount? Well, Chris, I say first of all, think about this before you make your offer next time because um I'll do the calculation for you, but um this probably should have should have should have happened before uh you ever, you know, like put it under contract. <laughs> um if I uh, I'm just using the round numbers of $90,000 worth 90,000. I'm going to assume because you didn't say here that it is in a nice area, like, you know, not spectacularly nice, but it's not in like a war zone. And in that case, the numbers show that you can sell it for about 63,000. You could wholesale it for about 63,000. However, to get a quick (laughs) sale and to make up for the fact that I'm betting it needs some work, I'm, I'm guessing it at least needs to be painted or something, you should probably be asking like 59 as a wholesale price for that and that would be a great deal for your buyer and it would put nine thousand dollars in your pocket so that's all good right uh it's real life real estate investing we probably have time for one more question if you'd like to send it to asvina at gmail.com or call in at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 uh going to hit the send receive button again and see what pops up here at askvina at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, yeah, we got one here. He says, I'm looking, uh, this is actually, it's a she, it's Sarah from San Jose. She says, I'm looking to participate in the REO business. Now, I, I assume, Sarah, that what you mean is that, uh, you want to buy some REOs? You want to like be an investor in some REOs? And her question is, please give me an idea of how I can contact the bank to start dealing with these REOs. Oh, that is a common misconception about right. bank-owned properties. That's just not the way it works. Well, first, the banks, well, some small banks, I'll give you two different answers on this one. The small banks, if you have small local banks in your community that ended up with some foreclosures, they often will sell them directly to you. They might offer financing. They might offer rehab financing. They may offer fair prices. They may be trying to recoup their losses, in which case you don't want them. Uh, but that would, you know, call the bank and ask to speak to whoever handles their REOs. Now, those are going to be your small community banks. And that's a tiny percentage of uh, all the REOs right, out there. That's a tiny percentage. And, and they potentially could be a great opportunity if they're willing to sell at fair prices. And just because they say that's a fair price, you need to do your own due diligence as always. Now, the big banks, they only list their properties. They are not selling them directly. You can't contact Deutsche Bank or Fifth Third Bank or U.S. Bank. Uh, In every community, they work with local realtors who list the properties for sale. And you need to track down who are the REO agents in the area you want to buy and start contacting them, looking at their listings, you know, once you start to get a feel for it, you know, this is the agent who's got, you know, 67 properties under contract or under a listing all over town. Uh, he's used to working with investors. He understands what we do. They're all going to be on combination lockboxes. Sometimes they're going to be on the same combination for every property he's got. Uh, they're easy to get in to see. They're easy to work with. Uh, 
but the the bank has and then then they're going to ask the bank you know when you make an offer they submit it to the bank yeah and I, and I actually i actually want to make one correction jim the banks will deal deutsche bank will deal directly with you if you have $50 million okay. and you want to buy all of their REOs. But if you just want to buy one like a normal human being, yeah, he's absolutely right. You basically, they're, they're going to get listed. The banks will not deal with you directly, which actually, you know, to my mind, that makes it easier. You get yourself a real estate agent. You say, I want to look at REOs in this neighborhood. They can run you a list in two minutes and then you can go pick and choose the ones that you want to see. Uh, and there's 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 nothing, by the way, especially magical about the REO business, just like any sellers, some will and some won't. And and it, it seems to me like sometimes the bank that will for two months are like very flexible and like everything I offer them, they take. Then they, they like tighten up and they want twice as much as their properties are worth for a year. And then they maybe loosen up again. So um, if anybody ever figures out that code and why they're doing that, please call me and tell me. And then I'm going to have you killed. So I'm the only person who knows. Mm, there's a motivation to call you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're we're either about out of time, or Mike just wants me off the air because I'm talk like out of minute. control. Okay, so we can talk for like one more minute. So okay, in one minute, make sure that you have gone to wmkvfm.org and made a pledge of some sort. Okay, because like even if you don't want to come to Oria, which is what you should be doing on November 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, you can still make a pledge of any amount and just uh, just say, hey, I really like real life real estate. I want to keep it on the air. And uh, they would greatly appreciate that. WMKVFM.org. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Listening to 89.3 FM WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Streaming live 24 hours at WMKVFM.org. Stay tuned now for 12 News at 6 from Local 12 News and WMKV. The simulcast with news, weather, sports, and traffic coming your way next. Local 12 News. Good evening, everyone. Isn't winning great?